Everything about you so sexy, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to the preview show sponsored by Betway. Spain snatched a point and Wales beat the Finns. It's Friday, 4th of September. I'm Marcus Speller. I'm Andy Grassell. And I'm Luke Moore. Liberty X Andy to begin the show. Love it. You know what I mean. It's a real Friday treat for everyone listening to hear them be called sexy yeah. by Marcus Speller. I think can we I'm, all agree on that? We can. I think so, especially <laughs> as with his hair headphone configuration today, if I can paint the picture, yeah. listeners, uh, Marcus looks very much like latter-day Antoine Griezmann. Yeah, he does. He, oh. looks, he looks like someone who you can't imagine scoring for Barcelona. Well, on I, one I hand, still take that as a compliment. On one hand, but you look good doing it. You've done very well out of that. Yeah. On the other hand, it's a bit of a dig at the end. It is. He's Do you know hanging, why? He's been hanging around Pete Donaldson too long. He's just a rascal, Andy Brassel. <laughs> That's why. Some you... people call you Andy Brassel, don't they? Well, either way, I'll, t- I'll take that as a theme tune. Yeah. You should. Yeah, you I should. will. Naughty little sausage. Uh, before we begin today's show, it's just lovely to have international football back, everybody. I speak on behalf of the nation and the world's population, damn it all. Uh, I was correct, Mitro scored. Yeah, there was a prediction made by you yesterday. There was Easy a prediction peasy. made by Pete Donaldson yesterday. Mm-hmm. He, he, he is obviously, as we know, as the, as the Twitter chart goes, he is chaos bad, Pete mm-hmm. Donaldson. He mm-hmm. chose Mitro to be uh, sent off because some people just like to watch the world burn. Yes. You are an international pervert. You are a positive man. <laughs> when it comes international to... football pervert. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> Sorry, yeah. You are an international football pervert, and I won't be editing that out. Uh, and and you <laughs> I've predicted... called that since the guy at Customs had <laughs> you, pre- you predicted a goal for Mitro, and it was an absolute screamer. Two yards out. Still got to score him. It's the kind of chances that Fulham will create a lot this coming season. Oh yeah, exactly. I can imagine him walking the ball into their own, into the, the other team's net. Come the on. cushion on the finish. Yeah. yeah, quite delicious. He delivered it classily, didn't he? I, I think the thing was he was sort of under the shadow of Artin Zubia, though, uh, wasn't he? Zubinho, yeah. mm-hmm. who uh, got, got himself a, a, a couple. Mm. And as he gets older and slower, he gets better. He does. You know, we've we've talked about my theory that we're going to get more and more of these strikers who mm-hmm. get into their thirties and get better and better. I know Robert Levin is very much mm-hmm. the high end of that. Is it the vanguard of it, Andy? Yeah. I, I think so, but Zubia is someone who you can see it, him getting older and wiser as yeah. it goes on. And the fact is, he's, he's, he's never been fast. He's kind of a lump, like a high-class lump, but I, I think that works really Would well you describe me like that, Andy? <laughs> mm, yeah, not, not to your face. <laughs> and will, you, and will you become a better broadcaster through your 40s, do you think? Let's let's hope so. <laughs> yeah. Hard to see. Got to get there first, obviously. <laughs> Hard to see where you, where you can push the ceiling any further, mate. It's very, it's very true. But Serbia lost, though. But uh, you know they'll be back. They will with Mitro in their side. They've always got a chance. Mm. Andy, let us go on to Germany versus Spain straight away. It was the it was the big one. It was the big one of, of the evening. I think we can agree. A last gasp equaliser from Gaia uh, after Timo Werner had scored uh, for for Germany. Um, some interesting bits and pieces going on there. I mean, you you weren't that impressed by proceedings, though, were you? No, the, f- the first half, I thought, looked like a load of unfit players who didn't want to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, the second half, I thought it warmed up a little bit. Of course, uh, Ansu Fati coming on for the, 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 the second half as well to to make his, his, his Spain debut, their youngest player since, what, 
1936 wrestling someone on the penalty spot so it so it got ruled out which was a a, a bit of a pain but he, he certainly added something of course Leeds fans would have been interested to have a little look at Rodrigo and I think you got a sense of what he offers for Leeds United which is I agree um Go on. <laughs> please, please finish. I think you get a lot in terms of intelligence, in terms of stretching the game. And, you know, I think you've got to bear in mind he's come off the back of what was just not just a bad season for him, but a bad season for everyone connected with Valencia. But, but he's he's not a 20 goal a game kind of, uh, a season kind of guy. He's, defi- goal game, he's definitely not a 20 goal a game <laughs> kind of guy. Find he's, one of them. Uh, he's not a 20 goal a season kind of guy. Um, I think he'll be useful to Leeds in, in so many ways. But there was, there was that... he said that when he was negotiating his wages. Look, get, get, calm down. I'm not a 20 <laughs> goal, goal a season. game man. <laughs> <laughs> a goal a season kind of guy. Go big on the add-ons. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, he's never scored 20 goals in a season, has he? That's no. just a fact. I mean, you know, opinions are opinions, but the fact of the matter is, even in that you know, that, that inauspicious time, he spent a bolt of wonders. Yes. Yeah, where he's got... He's got no. Come no, on. no, I'm not. I'm you not can't I'm not, compare modern Rodrigo to. Bolton I'm not judging Rodrigo. him on that. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just giving people a, a flavour of the fact that he's been in England before. Yeah, so it's a, it's, a, it's a point of interest. I'm not judging him on that period he spent ten years ago. I'm just saying mm. uh, throughout his career, mm. he's not scored twenty goals in a season. And and do you know what? And I know, I know you're going to level at me that it's a difficult situation and players haven't played much football and it's international return for the first time in a long time. But in microcosm, that chance he had when the keep when the keeper comes out and he goes round him, or as a, as a coming together and he comes past him, the hesitancy I found very very odd and actually quite worrying if I were a Leeds United fan. Well, Kevin Trapp got the chance to slide tackle him, didn't yeah. he? Yeah. Like when the goalkeeper slides it's tackles mad. you, it's, it's extraordinary. He took two extra touches in front of an open goal. Yeah, and I thought yeah, that was a very, very strange unusual. decision. Oh, Somebody no, needed wasn't... to shout, "It's a trap!" Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah exactly. It, it, it was it was an open goal quite a long way out though. I, I think Kevin Trapp shouts that himself. Yeah. <laughs> Every time he comes to the ball, so the keeper, it's a trap. Yeah. Abra Akbar's yeah, like oh, yeah. every time. I think so. If he doesn't, he's missing a, a very good trick there. That's two days in a row for Star Wars mentions. Bit yeah. of Darth Vader yesterday, bit of James yeah. L. Jones yesterday. Yeah. Do, do you reckon it would put you off? Like, not the fact that he's shouting in your ear, but the fact that you've got, you know, the image of basically a lobster in a suit in your <laughs> mind. <laughs> Is it a lobster? Space lobster? <laughs> Yeah, it's kind of a space lobster. Isn't I've it? never thought of it as that yeah. before. Yeah, um, but yeah. So I mean, Rodrigo, let you say he's not a prolific goal scorer, but he looked quite lively. He's leading the line for Spain, so yeah. I mean, there's there's reasons to. I suppose, he put on the goal, didn't he? As well, didn't he set up the goal? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, and um, yeah. It was it was I, the Spain. I didn't I didn't think were particularly great. I think, as you say, Luke, you have to kind of reserve judgment in this game because the players have just come off last season in, mm-hmm. in, in many cases, like Chago Alcantara. Um, you know, I was very surprised he played, by the way. Yeah, well, well you know, you know, I, I think he's, well, though. he's happy to play. He's happy to play mm. because he wasn't always first choice for, for Bayern in the running and it was just the image injury to Pava, which saw Kimmich move to right back and him played in midfield. Otherwise, he wouldn't have played the final even. But <clears throat> I thought, excuse me, I thought um, you looked at that and yeah, you can't rush the judgments because of the situation, because this is, sorry, Marcus, the least welcome international window in 
just because of the situation. Just leave it. In, it's not worth it. In yeah, recent leave times. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> be a bigger man. Walk away. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I think... I've got Luke's game to think about. I, I, <laughs> I, did look at, I did look at this and think this is why neither Germany or Spain are amongst the favourites for this. The way well, for the Euros. Which, yeah. Next summer. Yeah, absolutely. If they have a next summer. Absolutely. Because I think Germany were much better for most of the second half. And then you look at Yogi Love's substitutions mm-hmm. in, in the home straight of the game. They invited Spain onto them. Yeah. When Spain had created very little, I mean, that Rodrigo chance was really created by Kevin Trapp, wasn't it? As you, as you yeah. said before. <laughs> so, it was a really lively start to the game, but it kind of petered out a bit, didn't it? Yeah, it, it, it did. And there wasn't that sort of level of intensity, which is what, is what has been so good about the, the Nations League. I mean, talking about the Nations League, I've, I've seen a lot of... Um, criticism of it on on social media mm. over the, the, the last couple of days. Yeah, I've I, don't, them. I don't think <laughs> all of them. Yeah. I think it's the mute. I think that's yeah, the, uh, that's that's the official tactic. Oh, mute button. Yeah. But I don't think we should <laughs> confuse international friendlies and Nations League. Mm-hmm. I mean, the intensity's not what it should be, and not what it was in the first round of the the, the first edition of the Nations League for a particular reason. Of course, um, and I think. You know, there are always people, as you'll be aware, Marcus, who are just dying to stick the boot into international football mm-hmm. because as they're, as, they're, as far as they're concerned, it gets in the way of, of club football. But I don't think this and this very small sample size and where it's put should be used as a reason to say the Nations League is a, is a bad concept because I don't believe that's No, I, th- I think it's a really important concept, chiefly, actually, not for necessarily a Germany or a Spain, but some of the teams we're going to come on yeah. to talk to a bit later, they get a real opportunity to mm-hmm. get promoted, to play, to test themselves yeah. with better teams a lot more often in a different environment. Um, and far too often do you have a situation where the, the, the lowlier nations, if you like, get a combination, <clears throat> excuse me, a combination of just friendly games or games in qualification rounds that they just can't win and no one actually gets any benefit from it particularly at that level so I think for that reason it's really important well look Andorra kept a clean sheet last night there you go see that's the stuff can I ask a big question about this game particularly Andy you are a German football expert you know more about German football than anyone I've ever met thank you I was going to say thank you for not saying that but they've just I suppose there's a subtle difference okay I'll I'll read it Andy you are an absolute pervert For German football. <laughs> Speaking of which, did you manage to clock? You are the sort of person who have the insight into this over and above everyone else. Mm. Did you manage to see Yogi Love sniffing his own ball? <laughs> <laughs> if he was, I hope he was wearing disposable gloves. I agree. I agree. And when I say sniff balls, for those who who, who listen uh, or are new listeners who don't know about Yogi Love um, or haven't heard this story before, he scratches his balls and sniffs his fingers quite a lot. We didn't break that story. No, no, but I'm just saying people might not know what I mean. So okay. I'm just trying to give people a little bit of a way in. Yeah. Um, did you see any of that kind of behaviour on the touchline? Was he picking his nose and eating it? Oh, he, come on. Yeah, all that kind of stuff. I'm just I'm trying to find out. Well, I would, I would hope. Um, <laughs> Fairly boring game. Especially <laughs> especially after his contract extension that he's uh, delegating that to do, the coaching staff. Do you reckon they mentioned that in the contract talks? <laughs> right. You've been great. You've done brilliant. Well cut with and all that. But, and it is a big but, Yogi, you're going to need to stop. Are you doing it now? You're going to need to stop doing it. <laughs> You do it under the table There's now. Cameras everywhere. Yeah. Don't, don't, you, don't you think they're going? It's part of your brand. You must it's maintain true. it. Yeah. You know, like Robert Perez was forbidden to shave off his beard yeah. when he was a player. And his, Pete, his little beard. Pete Donaldson's got a little beard now, hasn't he? 
He looks like a dishonest master of coin, mm. doesn't he? <laughs> it's little it's like a troubadour feel to him. Musketeer well. beard. Yeah, I'd yeah, 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 I'd say so. Yeah. Before we move on, Andy, Ferran Torres, Manchester City's new sign, he played. Yes, and a few little flashes of excitement for him. Yeah, I think a bit we like saw, Yogi Love. Mm. We um, saw how he's going to be quite useful. <laughs> <laughs> God, carry on. Uh, and, and Timo Werner as well. Very nice yes. finish for, for him. Nice. Very, mm. very competitive. He is a bastard yeah. on the pitch, isn't uh-huh. he, Timo Werner? Mm. I, mean, I, remember I think Chelsea fans are going to enjoy him a lot. Very much so. And I think I saw him play um, last season in the flesh. So busy. Mm. Strong as well. And people think, it's ju- think, people think it's just about counter-attacking with Werner because his key goal, his, like built his, brand his, his on trademark that, goal is the ball over the top that he chases, wins yeah. and, mm-hmm. and, and finishes. But there's so much more to him than that. And it has to be said as well, from a Manchester United perspective, that finish was really the only thing that was going to beat David De Gea. David De Gea mm. had a really he did. good game. Important to say, really good game. Yeah, like basically good saves. But Timo Werner, would you say? Not he's not. It's not. He's not under a lot of pressure, though, is he? Because the, the second choice keeper is actually Kepper. Yeah, who doesn't make any saves. <laughs> So. Pepe Reina's around there. He's, <laughs> he's in the squad. He's, having, he's dancing yeah. in the stands. Yeah. Um, Timo Werner, would you say there's a touch of the Luis Suarez about him in that he, the way he kind of is always snapping at the heels? I of think defenders. that's a really good comparison. Doesn't actually. doesn't sort of let anybody rest. A much nicer version of Luis yeah. Suarez. Luke called, him, Luke called him a bastard. Not moment, much nicer. <laughs> a bit nicer. Did you see Suarez apparently phoned Kieran, didn't he, to make sure? You know, remember the bite? Yeah, sorry about that. <laughs> <laughs> um, are you at the training ground at the moment? <laughs> I'm outside. <laughs> Can I have a word? Yeah. Apparently so. Of course, like, I guess Timo Werner would have been the one person who was glad that that was behind closed doors in, in, in Stuttgart last night because yeah. it would have been really interesting to see the reaction had he scored for Germany in, in Stuttgart. Because he's hated by his fellow countrymen. Well, no, he's partic- yes, but he's particularly disliked by... Stuttgart fans because of course he, he came through mm-hmm. he was the, the youngest debutant um, in the first team and then when he went off to RB Leipzig once they were relegated um, they were really really pissed off about it yeah. so I mean he's, he's had to put up with some really quite grim personal mm-hmm. shit so even though he seems Change the character of him yeah exactly people even, may not like it and even I, though I'm not he seems, talking about that but coming over yeah, getting no, over a right. lot of that stuff even though he seems quite softly spoken mm-hmm. he's, he's actually I think it's quite a hardness to him yeah. I think I think you know, I the risk of embarrassing myself I think he'll be a big hit I think I think he's he's Chelsea fans will, will enjoy very much mm. uh, seeing that man uh, lead the line for them. And let's go to Group B4, gentlemen. Uh, <laughs> Wales beat Finland 1-0 away. It was a great win for Giggs's gang. Uh, Kiefer Moore with an 80th minute winner. Um, I mean, it, was, it was one of those tricky games where you just you get the point, get get a result and, and, and off you go. So they'll be very pleased indeed. Um, not, a, not a lot happened in the game, but Gareth Bale was taken off at half-time. Luke, did you see this? I he, did see that. He, he looked a bit out of sorts. He didn't make any kind of contribution whatsoever I mean the stats of the amount of times he gave the ball away the amount of completed passes he had mm-hmm. it was pretty grim reading I know they expect anymore well as you say there are mitigating circumstances but it's not he... it's not the best look in the world when you you know give a big interview a couple of days before saying how <laughs> re- raring to go you are yeah. how, how fit you feel and how much you're really into starting playing football properly yeah. unfortunately he just looked like a guy who doesn't play any football yeah. because he doesn't play any football so mm-hmm. uh, it wasn't ideal but um, Ryan Giggs actually said after the game, it was always part of the plan to mm. give him 45 minutes mm. with a view to what's happening uh, in their fixture. I think they've got a game on Sunday, haven't they? An important game on Sunday. So mm. so he wanted to keep, him, to in Bulgaria, mi- yeah. Yeah, keep him in mind for that. Um, but yeah, I, I think it was a really encouraging result for Wales. Pleasing for Kiefer Moore to, to 
Yeah, keep going on his. Kind Robert Earnshaw was called. Well, Robert Earnshaw, well, one of them, one of the pundits was calling him Kiefer more, which I'd never heard a, a, a pronunciation oh, maybe. before. But no, yeah. other people were calling him Kiefer. Look, we've I, had just, a, we've I, think, I think Sutherland. I think so as well. That's I the only so. reference point I have. Exactly. <laughs> um, but yeah, he, 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 um, he had a goal disallowed earlier on for a little mm. uh, cheeky foul in the build-up, mm-hmm. or he kind of wrestled a defender to the floor. Um, but he looks like a pretty robust, pretty interesting player for Wales. Important. But the point I was just going to make mm. was that Finland have qualified for the Euros next season, yeah. largely built on the, how good they've been at home. Yeah. Right. Mm. And so for Wales to go there with a y- lot of young players, a lot of um, they had four or five players that they probably would have picked mm-hmm. who, who weren't available, who, who they couldn't use. And to go and win, is, I think, is a really, really important result for them. Um, and the final point I was going to make is that Kiefer Moore's actually from Cornwall. Mm. So the only other two players of any note I can think of from Cornwall are Nigel Martin and Matthew Etherington. What about the, uh, the Irish, uh, well, sort of Cornish <laughs> Irish? Yeah. Played for Ireland in the 1990 World Cup. Remember when we went and did that training thing? And he was playing. What's his oh, name? Oh, Chris Morris. Yeah. Is he from Cornwall? I think he might be. I'll I think check his that. family might even make Cornish pasties to prove that he's from Cornwall. Well, maybe he's what? Has he been, has he been doubted in the past? I, not by me. Uh, <laughs> well, that might well be the third, but Keeper Moore's the only one I can think of. Uh, I, I remember that. I remember us doing a FA training weekend, Marcus, and having to do a load of exercises and a load of training games. And, and the guy, Chris Morris, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, who was actually there to qualify as an FA coach, was... Slash talk to me about 1990 World Cup. Was trying to take a training session, and all I could hear in the background was Marcus going, Oi, oi, what was it like to play against Marco Van Basten? <laughs> <laughs> See my question. Hey, well, it was a handful, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> my question to Chris Morris would be: You got any cake? Yeah, exactly. Uh, sadly, sadly, it's not the same, Chris Morris. But we cannot go any further in yeah, this um, game. Uh, I'll obviously throw to Andy without saying two things. One is Finland's kit is magnificent, uh-huh. beautiful kit. Yeah. Secondly, I was. I think it's quite controversial. What do you think? Have you seen the turkey to, one? To have the whole, the, oh, the turkey one's magnificent. I knew you'd be up for that. Andy. Magnificent. Oh, the one I saw a picture of Soinchi wearing it. That's it, looks, it. It looks like a. Um, it looks like, like, a, like a warm jumper, like a Turkish carpet. Yeah, it does. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Uh, that, and the second true. point. The really second point is that I cannot believe more has not been made <laughs> in a GIF meme yeah. world. Uh, GIF meme, a GIF-centred, yeah. meme-tastic world we live in about of the, about that miss from that Finnish player. I mean, he was a yard out. Yeah. A yard out. Yeah, unmarked. Time. Hit, come off his shin and hit the post. But the thing incredible is, whatever, whatever level of football you've played at, we've almost been there before because... You think, right, it's a yard out. I'm going to absolutely whack the net off this. But he goes on it for the, the it, wrong foot. Then it, then it goes in off the inside of the post. Mm. All the, all the, um, all the um, levels I've played at, basically all the bad ones, mm. I would be pissed off if someone missed that chance. Oh, of course. We'd be head in hand. Oh, it's, a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a glorious chance. And it was at nil-nil, I think, as well. Yeah. Can you have a bit of sensitivity? Marcus hasn't scored for Barcelona for quite a long time now. <laughs> for, for all my life, I've he, he just doesn't fit in. I have been there before, yeah. but never got on the pitch. Excluded by Suarez and Messi. Yeah. They're bullies, bullies. Yeah, absolute yeah. buggers. Um, in the same group, Group B4, uh, Bulgaria drew one uh, drew at home one all with Ireland. Celtic new boy Shane Duffy with an injury time equaliser. Obviously a header from a corner. Yeah. A great header, though. Keeper might be a touch disappointed that he didn't get over a bit quicker. A captain. Header. 
But it was a captain's header, an important point for Ireland as well, because again, another one of those sort of awkward games, you go away from home against, you know, an okay side. Uh, and to, to snatch a late goal like that will give them uh, a lot of, uh, uh, you know, a bit of encouragement inside. I mean, Ireland have just won once in their last 11 away matches in all competitions, failed to score in six of those. So that Duffy equaliser would have been a very welcome sight for uh, Stephen Kenny, who's first game in charge of Ireland, of course, Andy. And mm. it was having big Mick McCarthy on commentary as Loved well. It. Loved you know, it. Loved it. It was yeah. uh, the, cir- the circle's complete. Yes. Despite the Big Mick missing out on a chance to uh, go to the Euros, of course, because of we all know, the pandemic. So, um, but Ireland do have their one-legged playoff against Slovakia next month uh, for the Euros. Yes, it's really quite unusual, I thought, having Mick McCarthy uh, as a pundit for the job that he's just left mm. with the coach that he's... Or summariser. Yeah, yeah, co- yeah, co-coms, I guess. Yeah, co-coms, that's, yeah. that's the word, isn't it? You can't have my main commentary, my God. <laughs> Imagine Mick McCarthy doing the actual commentary. Are we on? All right. <laughs> <sighs> for me, for me, to talk about this, do you? For me, that's a poor pass. <laughs> What's happened, Mick? What's happening? <laughs> I, I, must have, I must have told you about um, my discussion with him about uh, living in Lyon, because, of course, he played there for six months yeah. under yeah. Raman Dominic. Oh, what? Uh, Come on! Oh, I was together. That's incredible. How this is the first time I've heard of this. Yeah, yeah. and so and so, I think I think I, I I might have asked him about Dominic as a coach. And he's uh, this was right at the point where Dominic was one of the prime figures of like mm. international Don't ridicule tell him I'm a in Scorpio. football. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and he said, well, one, of, one of the best managers in the world, isn't he? Yes. Love he that. Does. Got France to the World Cup final. Yeah. Also, also um, I asked him in his six months in Lyon if he, if he picked up much French. And do you know what he said to me? He said, Je parle français comme un vache espagnol. <laughs> and, and that's it. Yeah. Well, I'll do. But it's still needed. excellent. Very convincing. Exactly. Very yeah, convincing. Yeah. Uh, but going back to Ireland, though, I mean, it, it, wasn't, it was an all right performance. It looked a bit lively in the first half and so on. But as I say, you know, it, one of those ones where you get the point and get out of there. But well, I, I, to I think the, next. Well, the, standout, the standout moment of that game mm. was Nedelev's through ball for yeah, Bulgaria's goal. That was, was pass, pass, pass of the night. Yeah. The weight on it, the timing. Um, beautiful assist mm. that was. No, it was brilliant, delightful. Brilliant, um, brilliant to watch. Stephen Kenny, as you mentioned, his first game in charge. Bit of an interesting situation for him because he he's been groomed for the job. He's taken the job in quite weird circumstances, mm-hmm. and they've got they've got. Ireland have got some good players used to playing at a really high level. If you look at that back four mm-hmm. that played last night, mm-hmm. I mean, Matt Doherty obviously just signed for Spurs. Shane Duffy. Doh- Doherty. Yeah, whichever one it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, Johnny Egan. Duffy and, feels like quite a get for Celtic, uh, I think. Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> and Ender Stevens. Yeah, it's, it's, I think it's a great back four. Well, Randolph in goal knows what he's doing. You think? Exactly. So um, I think that they've got a, an interesting few months because, as you said, they've got the Slovakia game. Mm-hmm. If they win that, they play the winner of Bosnia and Northern Ireland, I believe, for a I chance think, to I go through. Right. Yeah, I to, forget now. There's so many. <laughs> yeah, to the Euros. I think that's right. And, and, mm-hmm. and the second point is that, you know, in that group they're in, in the Nations League, um, with um, Wales, Bulgaria, and Finland, I mean it's a winnable group for them. And if they win, they go up into the into yeah. into League A. I think so it's a hard one to call that. Motivation. Actually. You think four of those sides? I mean, I would like to think you know Wales and Ireland were going to be shooting out of the top spot with Finland. You know, qualified for the Euros, as you say. So mm. exactly, uh, it should be an interesting one there. Uh, before we go for a break, gentlemen, a little dip into Group D one. Um, lovely little win for the Faroe Islands, coming back from two one down to win three two against Malta. This is what the Nations League's all about. Absolutely, because a side like that, you see the scenes of celebration when they score. They don't ever get that when they get and, whipped nine nil by Germany. Yeah, that. and I, I think people who sniff about stuff like that overlook that. 
the fact that for, for every footballer is their right to piss off to, to represent the country yeah. if, exactly. if, if they're good enough. These moments you have to be dead inside not to enjoy them. Andy, mm. remember the names: Clement Olsen, Andreas Olsen, Branda. Hydrix and Olsen, the Olsen triplets, as I call them. <laughs> yeah. They were the scorers for the Faroe Islands. And let me tell you something, Hendrickson, I think he goes by, Hendrickson Olsen, his winning goal in the 90th minute, it was Beckham-esque. It was, it was a goal of the night. Free yeah. kick, about 25 yards out. Absolute Beckham-esque whip into the top corner. He even had the hair like a young David Beckham. Off into the stands he was celebrating. No that, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, the subs were there. It's good to know that <laughs> curtains are uh, alive and well in the Faroe Islands. Of course so, they are. Come back round again. But also Faroe, Faroe Islands buoyed and, and given extra confidence yeah. by avoiding that tricky Group D too. That they could have been Absolutely. drawn in with Gibraltar, Liechtenstein and San Marino. There you are. They've uh, instead been lined up with Andorra, Latvia and Malta. Uh-huh. They'll be it's, pleased it's, to avoid the rock. They were. <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> it's a bit like when you're in a Europa League group with loads of travelling and think oh there's a lot of miles on the clock there yeah absolutely Gibraltar play San Marino tomorrow night I believe Uh eyes eyes on that one yeah absolutely alright ladies and gentlemen let's have a quick break Welcome back to the Foot Bramble Preview Show, sponsored by Betway. Right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Friday, which means it's time for a brand new one of these. We concentrate on the topics. We're pretty good to many topics today. What we're going to be asking next week is this. Obviously, the transfer window is currently open. You have the choice to sign anyone for your football club. The only catch is it can't be a player. Who do you support? Who do you sign? And what job are they going to be doing? Andy, the cogs are going around yeah. in your mind, aren't they? Uh, I, I think it's a pretty obvious one. Uh, AFC Wimbledon, of course, just moving into a new stadium at Plough Lane. And of course, they've got to make efforts to reconnect with the local community. So I think who better to announce that? Than Vinnie Jones. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> he was a player. He was a player. Yeah, just about. Just yeah. about. <laughs> I, I would go for Ian McKellen because he's got the voice mm-hmm. of Gravitas. But yeah. maybe in his Magneto costume, sort of levitating over the stadium. You know the costume means doesn't mean he can levitate. You know that, right? <laughs> Special effects. All right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of the budget, though, taken up for that, I think. Luke, oh, we've got three temporary stands. I think we've probably got some cash left over. Is, isn't, um, is, is Ian McKellen a Wigan Athletic fan? Have I made that up? Sir Ian McKellen. Sir, sorry, apologies to the Knight of the Realm. I, th- I thought he was Arsenal. Is he? I don't know. For some but, reason, I thought he was a Wigan he fan. He owns a pub in, like, South East London, I think. There you go. Can he, can he, will he get people back there <laughs> after the game? <laughs> will he, will he levitate back to them? <laughs> He's, he's definitely failed his job if he's getting people back to a pub in South East London. That's true, actually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's true. Well, Mill- Millwall. Get him yeah. at Millwall. <laughs> Match made in heaven. I'll I'll go. Do you know what? I was thinking about this. Yeah. So um, I would go for, obviously I'll support Portsmouth, uh, club chairman Tony Soprano. <laughs> Tony Soprano? <laughs> Imagine it. Yeah. Imagine him sat in the thing with a cigar on. It'd be great. Yeah, the actor who played him is dead, which yeah, you know, sadly. is a fictional character. Yeah, <laughs> yeah mm-hmm. but have a bit of fun with it. Yeah, I'm trying to say, uh, well, we're trying to give the listeners a, a, the free creative <laughs> license of a bit of fun with it. I understand, but you, but not that much free. They're going to email in their droves to show up at rambleday.com. They are. They're going to tweet using the hashtag ramble topics. They're going to tell us it, and I want them to have as much creative license as they can. All right, that's a. That's, I, I think that might be regrettable. You're going to were you just going to say Fulham, Hugh Grant next? That's yeah. what you're going to say. Yeah, Hugh Grant uh, on on the door. Welcome. <laughs> Waste of his talent. <laughs> Hugh, thanks for for joining us. Um, put this put this lanyard on. Just stand there, please. 
<laughs> I think it would make a lot of people's days. Oh, dearie me. Uh, oh, by the way, we've got a tweet here from uh, Jenny Phillips. Yeah, regular listener Jenny. Yeah. Um, I, I, I saw this earlier on, and um, she um, she tweeted, perhaps inevitable given that she has been listening to the football ramble since she was born. Mm. Um, my two-year-old has just named her new doll Donny. Oh, no. <laughs> And it's and it's chilling. Donny Van der Beek. Let's, yeah. That's what I'm going for straight away. Hashtag dream like Donny. Dream like Donny. Yeah. Andy, what do you make of that? Is there anyone else shivering at the moment? <laughs> oh, dear me. Oh. Uh, if, you, if you've got a doll or any kind of small tool named after toy named after Pete Donaldson, then let us know. Yeah, uh, Keep it clean. Keep it very clean. Uh, right, now let's look ahead to the big one that's happening tomorrow. I know there are games tonight, but we're talking about tomorrow's game at Andy Brassel. England against Iceland on Saturday tea time. It's, uh, it's a big one for England. Get the old... Icelandic monkey off their back. Also, it's uh, Big Gareth Southgate's 50th birthday this week. Yeah, give him a present. So, give him the present he it, really wants. It doesn't feel like Gareth Southgate's 50, does it? I, I was surprised when I heard it, and now you've said that, mm. I'm just going to go check. So you guys carry on. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that's the case. He looks about 46 to me. So that's what that, I that's, would say. That's a very fair sum up of uh-huh. it, Marcus. Andy, we yeah, was 50 yesterday. There you go. There you go, see? Yeah. Don't well, doubt me, Bressel. Yeah, Andy. Bressel. I never doubted you. All right, thanks. Andy, who are you wanting to see in goal for England? Big question. It's up for grabs, isn't it? Jordan Pickford has been the number if one. If you don't care, while. pretend you care. <laughs> All right? Don't give us the side. All right, sod oh, Luke, who do you Can't fancy? we just talk about fucking PSG or whatever? <laughs> right, I think I would like to see Dean Henderson in goal. Would you? Or Nick Pope. <laughs> You're going to have to choose or one <laughs> I would take the Pope. Admiral Akbar. <laughs> would you take the Pope? Would you I, take the Pope? I, would, I would take the Pope. Uh-huh. He's, he's been really, really, really consistent. Yeah. I think Dean Henderson is someone who's on his way to somewhere good. But I just think the Manchester United connection and the fact that David De Gea's form mm-hmm. was a little inconsistent last year has built him up to be in the minds of people something slightly bigger than what he is. True, Sheffield United very good defensively, good, yeah, good record. I'm, I'm he not, p- played his part. Look, in that. I'm, I'm not. I'm not saying he's not a good goalkeeper. Mm-hmm. I'm saying he's not England goalkeeper yet. Okay. I, th- I think you're right. I, I think if you're going to go for form and uh, experience and likability and the fact it, it seems like a lovely, they all seem like lovely lads. A lot of fair. a lot of the Burnley keepers are. We think of Tom Heaton, think of Joe Hart. Yeah, yeah. Well done on getting both those in. Um, <laughs> I mean, really, a vote for Pope is a vote for Hart. Isn't yeah, it? there you go. You see, <laughs> Nick Nick Pope Nick Pope is the is the standout candidate because yeah. because of the, the reason I've mentioned. And yeah, you're right, Andy. Probably it's a bit a bit early for Dean Henderson, but he's an, he's an encouraging. Very, exci- very exciting young talent. He needs to be a part of the squad. It's the same principle about, we talked about Jack Grealish uh, earlier in the week or, or last week or whenever it was. Um, you know, you need him around it. He needs, to be, he needs to be used to the environment. He needs to know some of the players. He needs to know the coaching stuff because you might need him. Well, you're, two, you're two injuries away mm-hmm. from needing Jack Grealish in a big way for England. Yep. So for him not being a part of the squad is, 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 is a really strange situation. I know he is now. It's the same with Dean Henderson. Mm-hmm. You know, goalkeepers get injured all the time. It's... Nick Pope's had a really bad injury, hasn't he? He, he was did, out for he, a very long time. Yeah, did, so yeah. the chances are, who knows what Jordan Pickford's going to do next? Certainly not Jordan Pickford. So, <laughs> so Dean Henderson does need to be around it, doesn't he? He does, yeah. I mean, he just signed a new deal at Manchester United worth 120 grand a week, which not is, bad, a, is a lovely old job for him. Yeah. I mean, Gary Neville said he believes that he needs to wait before he be, can become number one. If I was Dean Henderson, I would say, all right, Neville, can't you talk about something else? Um, <laughs> he feels impatient, doesn't he? Because Henderson said, well, you know, even though I've signed this new deal... Mm-hmm. I want to be number one sooner rather than of course. later. So even though he's he's, he's committed to yeah. this contract, he's committed to taking an enormous pay rise. Yeah, he's not committed to staying 
come what may. But Chris Wilder's comments about him were, were quite interesting, weren't they? That he said he, he mentioned about Henderson's sort of arrogance. Now I, I don't know Dean Henderson, so sometimes confidence can be mm. misconstrued as arrogance and so on. Blah de blah de blah. But but he did say he might need to be taken down a peg or two, you know. And and from what we hear about Henderson, he does come across as very confident. We have seen this with other. What are you saying? Get Louis Van Gaal back. Get him in there. <laughs> <laughs> if there's someone who's going to knock him down a peg or two. Yeah. So so I think that this whole idea of Henderson, you know, he he does come with that sort of supreme confidence, which which can make other people think, oh, actually this guy could be ready. But we have seen this. I mean, Joe. Hart's another one who was was a bit like that. Now, Hart was an excellent keeper at the peak of his powers. But sometimes Hart's uh, body language and and what he would say in interviews would make people think, or perhaps he's even better than what we think, or he's going to be better. As Nick Pope seems to be of a different temperament, a different type of of creature. Mm. But but when you look at the stats, you know, what what was he? A clean sheet away from, you know, being joint uh, Golden Glove winner with Edison in the Premier League or whatever the award for a club like Burnley. I know they built their... They built their sort of. No, he's been outstanding. Yeah, it's he's incredible. Been he's, yeah. he's been great. What about some of the the, the other uh, newer faces to the squad? I mean, Grealish, you've already mentioned. Uh, mm. You know, Calvert Phillips is Mason is Greenwood. One. Mason Greenwood. Do you think they're going to get a look? Enough? I'd fancy Greenwood to get some minutes. I think Greenwood is a, a tremendously exciting mm. young talent. And to put that in perspective, I'm I'm more excited about him than I was Rashford. Yeah. I'm more excited about him than I was about Harry Kane. Mm, really? Harry, well, because Harry Kane came through in quite an unorthodox way. Yeah, that's true. And in Proved a great deal a little bit later on, but in terms of raw ability, in terms of impact, I think Mason Greenwood is. It's hard to think of a better natural finisher that England have had mm-hmm. for a very, very long time. And ice in his veins as well. He looks like very level headed. Head in the freezer, mate. There you go. And I had an interview with him this morning, mm-hmm. and he seemed like a very level headed young man. Seemed like he knew exactly what he was doing. He talked a lot about concentration, a lot about focus, a lot about drive and ambition. Um, it's. I. He says that his. Um, his favoured foot is his left foot but he's outstanding with both feet I think he's just saying that yeah maybe in, yeah. if I was him I'd say in the next interview right you know yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's like back to, to Usman Dembele isn't yeah. it taking corners with either foot yeah. him asking him which which foot do you take penalties with and him going I have no idea Yeah, <laughs> I'll let you know when I get the next one yeah exactly um, so I think he he can make an impact if given a chance but the, the, the key point I think mm-hmm. for, I'd like to make was two it's, it's kind of a point separate into two one is that um if England are going to go on to the next level and push for it, not just be a, it's nice to have a semi-final, but they're actually going to be part of a conversation mm-hmm. in tournaments, plural, mm-hmm. with this crop of players they've got. Um, they need to put things like this to bed, potential baggage emotionally. I know there's a big change in staff and, and players since what happened in 2016. He's done but, a lot of that, and this is another opportunity. Exactly, but he needs to hit that home. And secondly, they just need to become proper like mentality monsters and need to make sure that when it comes down to the crunch, mm-hmm. they can actually do it. And um, I think there's been a couple of odd things that Southgate's done more recently. One would be the Greenish thing. Um, so I'll be, I'll be very interested to see how they approach this game and how they deal with it. Um, but they need to now make the step beyond the step they're currently at. You can so it's fine to unify the nation in, in twenty eighteen and have a great summer and everyone's really pleased and everyone loves it. And it was amazing. It was fantastic. We had a lovely time in twenty eighteen as well. We've Cover- had the UEFA Nations League since then, you know, where they of, of won course. another penalty shootout or finished third. Of course, but how did they get on? They finished third, right? Got a medal. Yeah, they finished third. So third one well, fourth and third, whatever it was. Um, hang on, if England were consistently getting into a semi final situation 
in competitions, that would be a huge step on from what's gone before. Mm-hmm. Do you think that a semi-final next summer would be a success for them? Well, it depends who they get and how it plays out. Yeah, exactly. I, I think. I mean, if they've played the, France in the semi-final, it's the journey rather than the destination. But, it, but also yeah. with the way the groups are, you know, I keep I've, I've, I've gone on about this enough times, but just to remind you all that, uh, that there is a distinct possibility that England could play. What Germany, France, or Portugal after the group stages, assuming England get through, which of course they would be favourites to do so. Mm-hmm. So if you kind of get, you know, if they were to beat France in the world, it would be the sort of second round, and then have big games, and then unfortunately they get beaten in the semi final. You know, you've got to. But it's just, but it's I'm, difficult. I, I understand the uh, point of view, and I, I just don't share it though because I just think it's excuses. I just think you're not going to win a big tournament without beating someone good. Well, of course. And and so and if you look and and, and if you look at the very because I could turn it another way and say 2018 was great, but. They had an amazing run. They had such an easy run. But is done. There's a lot of new faces in the side. But you have to be. You can't realistically expect to be a part of the conversation around the winners mm-hmm. if you don't beat probably two of those. No, types of course. Of teams. But I mean, Andy said earlier in the show that he doesn't think Germany or Spain are uh, among the favourites for the Euros, which which opens something up. Do you think definitely. England would be England currently would beat Germany or Spain? I think they could do. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Mm. Either of those. Well, but the fact that there's a chance, mm. whereas five years ago we would say nah. Yeah, no, yeah. I understand that, and I don't want to be—I don't to want to put, be seen as too to negative. Put the pressure just... on, to put the pressure on at the start as if we don't get in the final, don't win the competition, then it's a failure. I think that's nonsense. Well, I haven't said that. What I've said is it, uh, it's, it's important for England to make. For me, look, you might feel like I'm being a bit impatient, and that's mm. cool. But surely we can all agree in principle mm-hmm. that the next step is for them to go to the next step. Of course, because otherwise, Gareth Southgate's mm-hmm. going to have, have, have got to that point that's been got no, to by other managers at, and not at, got any further. You look at Germany. And you start in 2006 with Klinsmann, for example, which I think when you look at the feel-good factory in the nation has a lot in common with mm-hmm. the beginning of the Gareth Southgate yeah. era. But you think they had to go... Imagine if Gareth Southgate went the Jürgen Klinsmann route. That'd be <laughs> yeah. amazing. It would be incredible. Rocks <laughs> California, forgets all his documents, <laughs> refuses to live in a country that he's managing. We made, we were real, it'd be a proper heel turn by Gareth Southgate. Though. Who's the, who's the Hertha Berlin in the Premier League? That's what, <laughs> yeah, that's exactly. what I remember. Newcastle, obviously. The, the thing is, like, you think Germany get semi, semi... A semi final, semi before they get to the point where they win the 2014 yeah, World Cup. Yeah, yeah. It takes time, even if you've got an exceptional crop of players. Mm-hmm. But fine, I don't want to labour this point, but uh, too, well, don't too you're long. wrong. Okay, okay, fine. <laughs> the different the difference is the pedigree Germany have had consistently mm-hmm. throughout history mm. is far better than England. Of course, yeah, exactly. Which is why but, we can't assume anything. Fine. All right. Fair enough. Well, look, we, we we shall see. But this is, you know, England have two games that they would 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 fancy winning. Of course, Iceland and Denmark. Yeah. The thing that concerns me the most uh-huh. is Iceland, especially <clears throat> without fans. Is there a sense that it's kind of a spa weekend? I know <laughs> when you go when yeah. you go to Iceland, the purity of the air is and, magnificent. And the water. And the water. Absolutely. See, I've never and been. Also, the pleasure. Next, right next to the national stadium. You have just a public swimming pool, mm-hmm. but where you go in and they have, as well as an Olympic-sized pool, a whole selection of what they call hot pots, which are like uh, thermally heated mm-hmm. like spa baths. For the Lancashire all, hot pot. All yeah. different degrees. Just gravy in it. <laughs> it's amazing, Marcus. So what um, happens when you get in it, they put a big bit of pastry on you? <laughs> that would be quite something. But, but that, would be, that, that would be magnificent. I'd be, I'd be love to do, I'd love to do my recovery in Iceland. And if I was, great, if I yeah. was a player who'd been through this very unusual schedule... I'd be thinking, yeah, I'm, I'm getting in there. 
Come on, come on, boys. I bet you bloody... So, so Andy's, on, Andy's on record as saying that he would rather AFC Wimbledon win a game than England win the World Cup. Is yep. that right? Yeah. Yep. So, Andy. But, see, what, but just, it's just, because you're, <laughs> just because you're so dispassionate about it and just because of the conversation we've had related to Germany and stuff, what do you think... Or am I so passionate about AFC that, Wimbledon? Yeah, maybe. Maybe it's that. Maybe yeah. you, there's only got so much passion to go around. Yeah. Um, That's it, exactly. Do, do you, what do you consider to be a success for England next summer? Um, like I said, I think it depends, or like Marcus said, I think it depends on how the, the, the teams they end up playing and in which order. Um, I, th- I think a semi's fine, depending on depending on who they play. But obviously, if you lose a semi at Wembley, it's going to be an enormously deflating Well, experience. of course, especially if, it, if, if it's against a team who would have a chance of winning but it's very hypothetical mm. but, but I mean my biggest concern and you, you mentioned yours there would, is the fact that the security staff at the gate didn't know who Jack Grealish was yeah I heard about it that it took a little bit of time getting in I mean it's got quite a distinctive haircut I was going to say of all and, the players and also I mean I don't mean to be cruel Jack Grealish show us your calves I know it's, oh, a, you are <laughs> I know it's a difficult <laughs> job and everything and mm. it's an important job but have they not read any newspapers the, the, the week <laughs> leading up to that? Of all the players, the, surely. The most covered player yeah. since the squad was announced. You're Pete Donaldson in disguise. You're coming nowhere <laughs> near is, this place. Everyone is. Yeah. So, talking of spa weekends, I think we should mention Paris Saint-Germain. Andy, you were talking about spa weekends. Yeah. <laughs> Go on. I was. Well, this, is, this is huge. The fact that we've got six Paris Saint-Germain players who've tested positive for... Including some big names. COVID-19. Yeah, that's right. The the three that were initially tested positive earlier this week. We'll we'll go back to the beginning of the story. They were meant to start their Ligue 1 campaign away to Lens last weekend. Now, Lens, very big traditional club in the north of France, very well supported, playing their first home game Mm -hmm. in Ligue 1 in nine years. And it's going to be against Paris Saint-Germain. And Paris go, well, can we have the weekend off? Because we did play in the Champions League final. And so the league say, yeah, Lens are very, very annoyed about this. Didn't play much and, in the Champions League final, by the way. And the sporting director said, well, you know, if they really just biffed off the game so they can go on holiday to Ibiza, they did go on holiday to Ibiza. They have come back with COVID-19. The, <sighs> the three biggest ones, of, of, uh, the, the three first to be um, tested positive were Di Maria, Paredes and Neymar. Who, Neymar described... They are um, some of the main ones. Yeah. yeah. Neymar described uh, by the keepers the master of ceremonies when they were having their soirees in uh, Ibiza. Since he doesn't help himself, does no, he, no, Neymar? Since we've had... Uh, we've now had uh, Marquinhos as, as tested positive oh, This is as bad. Well. Icardi mm. and um, uh, Kalo Navas. And there could be more. Flipping but heck. The thing so what is, does that mean for the league? Well, the thing is... If you go back, if you go back, the rules were that if you have four that test positive in the same club, it's classed as spreading within the club. So that means um, training shut down and the the, the games aren't going to happen. The games are postponed. Now, they're due to play Lens on the 10th of September in the rearranged game and they play Marseille in um, Le Classique just a few days later. But... It looks like because the league are concerned about too many games getting postponed, if the clubs can guarantee isolation, they're just going to tell them to get on with it and play. So, well, it's good news for G- Julian Draxler. I yeah. think you, you, you have to say <laughs> that. He's rubbing his hands together. You've got to say Sanitise them first, obviously. Yeah, absolutely. Well, France, yeah. of course, they're playing uh, Sweden, Sweden, Sweden yeah. on, on, on Saturday. Should be an interesting one. They're tonight. Yeah, Northern Ireland are away to Romania uh, and Scotland at home to Israel. Netherlands are hosting Poland. 
some tasty ones on this Friday There's night. Lots to enjoy this weekend. Lots an to awful enjoy. lot to enjoy. Mm. But before yeah, but enjoy then, enjoy responsibly, Marcus. If you can learn anything from Neymar Junior, learn to enjoy things responsibly. Can we all get behind that at least? I, I think we should. Yeah. I, I really do think we should. Um, something to enjoy, ladies and gentlemen. Before then, is this. It's one of those games that's quite difficult to explain, but you'll get it as soon as you start hearing it. <laughs> yes, it is indeed time for Luke's game. And if I may be so bold as Andy removes a pen and paper in an outrageous display of gamesmanship from his bag, uh, Marcus... I've, uh, I've learned from the best. I've learned from Cake Mason. <laughs> Marcus, well, Marcus relaxes back in his chair uh, to show <laughs> how unbothered he is by the whole thing. But we should point out, as Andy rightly alludes to, this uh, is not a title bout. Exhibition match. Yeah, it's a very, very fiercely contested... Friendly. Yeah, well, kind. Of. It's like a Nations League game. Yeah, okay. Th- yeah. This is this is. Kate Mason is a lineal champion. Th- this is this is Tyson and uh, Roy Jones Jr. Isn't it? Okay. You're not both that old yet, <laughs> you know. And you, let's be honest, neither of you have ever been shaped Mike Tyson. <laughs> uh, and nor have I. Um, it is Luke's game. It's one of the uh, one of the. Uh, most loved contestants in Marcus Speller, I would say. Oh. The, the, the plucky underdog against the Stephen Hendry <laughs> yeah. over there. I'm Jimmy White, yeah. yeah, you are a bit, yeah. Oh, he's there, to there is hair me. again. Yeah. <laughs> there is a socially distanced Henman Hill outside yeah. where all the, yeah. the Speller supporters are congregating. He's a yeah. people's champion. Kate Major's not even turned up today. No. She's, she couldn't agree terms to a title defence. She's the Buster Douglas, isn't she? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so, uh, I'll name a player. You guys auction uh, to how many clubs that player's played for that you can name. Usual story. Uh, as ever, the key for this game is to have fire in your belly, but your head in the freezer. Uh, Andrew, Andy Brussels a higher seed than Marcus Speller in my complicated algorithm and my player algorithm. No algorithms, please. Oh, sorry. Yeah, no, my algorithms are much more reliable than mm. that. Um, and my other algorithm, the player algorithm, yeah. has thrown up for the first player we have to play. Marcus goes first. Mm-hmm. It's Paolo One Chop. And he has played. For nine teams. Has he really? Retired in 2007. Um, yeah. Very, very enjoyable player. Lighted, light, lit up the Premier League. I think yeah. we can all agree on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One shot. How many of these nine clubs can you name, Marcus? In your first quest for a point. Uh, tricky one. I go three. I think that's a really solid opening bid, actually. I think it's a fair and solid opening mm. bid. Andy, can you go four? No, do you three. Okay. okay, three for Marcus. Three clubs that Paolo One Shops played mm-hmm. for. Uh, let me get me a little thing, because I need to do my dings. I forgot about that. Mm-hmm. Here we go. Go ahead, mate. Derby County. Correct. Bolton Wanderers. <laughs> Afraid not, my friend. Poor start. That's a point to Andy Brassel. Very poor start. Started at Herediano, yeah. then went to Derby County. Mm-hmm. Uh, West Ham United, Manchester City. Ah, oh, yes. Then he moved over to uh, Malaga, Andy, one of your lot. Then Al Garafa, mm-hmm. scene of the Wesley Snyder amazing uh, shout by Kate Mason uh, last week or the week mm-hmm. before. Then back to Herediano, Rosario Central, FC Tokyo, finished his career at Chicago Fire. Uh, that is 1-0 to Andy Brassel. 1-0 to the Brassel. Who gets to go first? I'm not even using my pen and paper yet. No. Well, you listen, you're about to. Because player two has played for 17 clubs. 17? Oh, dearie me. He retired in 2010. He also lit up the Premier League. As 17 you... clubs. Benito Carbone. Oh. <sighs> nice to hear him mentioned. It is, yeah. Yeah. 
17 clubs of Benito Carbone. Okay. Uh, and play along at home because Andy's got his pen and paper out. So I need to do one of the toughest jobs in podcasting and fill this space mm-hmm. while Andy's gigantic brain. The drama is uh, rather curtailed by the fact that my pen doesn't work. Go, I should have checked that before. Why are you giving him your pen? Actually, I'm not going to give him my pen. There we can't go. Social distancing, I'm not allowed to. Yeah, there you are. Favoritism. Yeah. I can't. I'm not allowed to. I'm not giving anyone a pen. It's not favoritism. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> He's actually kept it completely, you know. Social distance regulation, we can't share a pen, Andy. So fail to prepare, prepare to fail. That's true. You won the lap. Can you make it two? How many of his clubs can you name of the 17? I am going to start with a nice and gentle three. Marcus, surely. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm speaking on behalf of the, of the listeners here. They want to see you go at least four. I know they do. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's so annoying because, it, like with one chop, it's kind of like, did he play? I think he. Oh, hang on. No, 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 no. Um, yeah, very. This is incredibly frustrating. Um, get him to name three if you want it's what you will then you're right to do so yeah alright you can name three go ahead <laughs> is this backfire is this backfire <laughs> no I think he's got three come on let's have him Sheffield Wednesday yeah Bradford City Palmer there it's it two is 2-0 well played did he play for Celtic uh, he didn't play for Celtic. No, oh, okay. he's played. I mean, you. I mean, it's okay. no help to you now, but you probably could have just named any Italian club. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, he started out at Torino, Regina, uh, Casatana, Ascoli, Torino again, Napoli, Inter, Sheffield Wednesday, Aston Villa, oh, Villa, Bradford City, Derby County, Middlesbrough, Como, Parma, as Andy said, Cantanzaro, Vicenza, a little bit on time on loan or at Sydney FC, and finished at Pavia. In terms of the Premier League, all you needed to really think about is where did he agitate for a move to and upset everyone? Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. He agitated. Do you remember when um, when the Premier League or Sky or someone got him and Paolo De Canio to eat pizzas in Sheffield Wednesday jerseys? Yeah. Really, really mean that was. They looked really unhappy as well because the pizzas were undoubtedly shit. <laughs> <laughs> they probably shit pizzas. Like. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, 2-0 to Andy Brussel. Yeah. Three to play for yeah, though, Marcus. That. That's I the know. important thing. But your first <laughs> this time... And we're a little bit closer to home here. I feel a bit like Gareth Bale last night. He's played for seven. Well, yeah. listen, he's played for seven clubs. Yeah. It's Emil Heskey. Emil Heskey. Mm. Well, that changes everything. Andy, have you ever seen a pair of eyes light up? Quite well, <laughs> quite well. <laughs> no, I don't think I have. Um, okay. Emil Heskey. Emil the, the Mule. Uh, Is that his name? I don't know. Even Heskey scored? Even Heskey scored. Yeah. Lovely fellow, Emil, by the way. Oh, Came yeah. In. We had oh, yeah, yeah. Lovely, lovely chap. Oh, yeah. The great, loveliest of all the chaps. Great career as well, by the way. Yeah. How many of the seven can you name, Marcus? Uh, you know, I will not stand for this stalling. I know you won't. I know yeah. you won't. Um, is your pen working again now? Yeah, it is. Oh, what? Oh, what a power move, that. Yeah, Two nil up when he starts to announce that his pen's working that's, again. That's very naughty. Yeah. I'll go, so seven, you're saying? You know how many I said? Give me a number. I'll go for five. Five. Andy, can you go six? You know, I don't think I can. You want him to name five? Yeah, name five. Okay, Marcus, five clubs that Emil Heskey's turned out <clears> for, <throat> one at a time if you don't mind. Liverpool. Correct. Leicester. Correct. Bolton. Very good, correct. Ooh. Aston Villa. Correct. One more. Um, the... the <laughs> I'm going to have a go at the side he played for in Australia. Go on. Newcastle Jets. 
Very good. Yes! Oh, that's excellent one. Was there another English side in there? Leicester City, Liverpool, Birmingham City, Wigan Athletic. Of course. Aston Villa. Yeah. Newcastle Jets and finished his career, as you said, at Bolton. I knew there was another, a couple of English clubs and I was like, hang on. And you see, you picture the man in different jerseys and you think, hang on, I've just created that. We did quite a bit on him at Newcastle Jets because didn't he have a player cam? No, on his, on his, he had a player cam and yeah, everyone yeah, could yeah. follow it, the Abel yeah, Heskey yeah. cam. Yeah. I don't remember him playing for Bolton at all. He was there but very late on. Yeah. Very, very... Was he in Shola? Shola Ramiro? Might have well been, yeah. Might well been. Dream team. Oh, Andy um, Johnson, was it? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, I'm getting confused. Anyway, uh, Andy, you're up first for this one. Just He's... relieved to get off the mark. Exactly. 2-1. <laughs> it's all to play for. You are going to name as many as you can of the nine clubs that Dion Dublin has played for. Ah, oh, big Dion. Okay. Retired in 2008, Dion Dublin. Um, 20 year career. Very, very good. How many of his nine can you name? And, and by the way, just to let you know, Homes Under the Hammer does not count as a club. <laughs> All right? I didn't think it would. <laughs> does, does it not? No. That's very disappointing. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what, I've given you that one for free. Yeah. You can both have that yeah, one. Yeah, yeah. Um, I'll start with four. Four. Can you go five, Marcus? Do we hear five from you? That's so annoying when someone does that. Yeah. It's just right in the, I, I'm right in the to, slot. I, that, I'm going to have to go five. Five. You want six, Andy? No, go on. Have, have your five. Five clubs that Dion Dublin's played for, Marcus. Very good opening bid from Andy. Yeah. Tactically very yeah, solid. Yeah. I think we can agree. Five clubs, please, if you don't mind. He's played for nine in total mm-hmm. across a 20-year career that ended in 2008. Cambridge United. Correct. Aston Villa. Correct. Coventry City. Correct. Um, uh, oh, bollocks, my mind's gone blank. Uh, Manchester United. Correct. Celtic. Correct. It's all square. That's two all. Do you know what? He, uh, Norwich City? Did he play for Norwich? He did, yes. Yeah, so yeah. Oh, yes, Norwich was the other one. Started his career at Norwich City, but didn't make a first team appearance, but that would still have counted because he also ended his career there. Yeah. Norwich, Cambridge United, Barnet, Manchester United, Coventry City, Aston Villa, Millwall, Leicester City, Celtic, and Norwich. So Let Leicester I City. I probably should have asked this a few weeks ago, so it counts if they were contracted to the club but didn't make an appearance. They have to have played a first team game. He did play a first team game. Yeah, but he United. did because he ended his career there. Right. Manchester okay. United, he did. He did, yeah, he played 12 times yes. in the yeah, yeah, it was, yes. wasn't. But Manchester United, I was a bit like, oh, did he? No, he I'm did. pretty sure he, he did. did. Yeah, he broke his leg quite badly. So Celtic was the one I was thinking, yeah. did he play? So a good example of this would be Robbie Savage, who we won't be doing on this game at any point, <laughs> who, 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 who did sign professional form, a professional contract for Manchester United, but he never made a first team appearance, so he wouldn't count. Right, right. okay. Okay, just to make right. it clear. Okay, the rules change all the time, don't yeah, worry yeah. about it. <laughs> um, right, um, final player, final player is Marcus first. It's two all. You get to make the opening salvo in the final player. He's only played for five clubs. Okay. Don't blame me. Blame the algorithm. <laughs> it's Gary McAllister. Gary McAllister. Five clubs of Gary McAllister. Have you ever beaten Andy Brass in this game? No. No, no never. This is a massive moment. And I don't think I am going to. <laughs> it's going to remain the case. Five clubs. Yeah. Man. That is terribly frustrating. Retired in 2004. Amazing career, by the way. Started his career in 1981. Yeah. 1981? Amazing. Because one of the the most well-known parts of his career happened Mm -hmm. when he was a very, for a football player, very old. Yeah. Mm. He's made a contribution to many clubs. Marcus, can you finally make a contribution to this game and stamp your mark on it? I win over Andy Brassel. What I normally do is I build the excitement and we go into the last frame and and, and so on and then I Jimmy White it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, (laughs) uh, I'm going to say three. 
Andy, do I hear four from you? Well, I guess I've got to go four, don't I? You're taking the reins. You're going to yeah, go four? I have to. Do you want to name all five or do you want Andy to name four? I want Andy to name four. Okay, Andy. And I'm delighted that he's chosen four. Because you didn't know three? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what a great play. A great play. Very well done. Yeah. Okay, so Andy, one at a time, please. If you can please name four of the five clubs that Gary McAllister played for. Coventry. Correct. Play for them twice. Liverpool. But it, it two spells at Coventry. But yeah. Yeah. Yeah, two spells. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> Disrespectful. Yeah. Leeds. Correct. Need one more. Birmingham City. He's done it. <laughs> Press the button. Marcus Speller wins. There it is. <laughs> Amazing scenes, really. It's the first time outing for that that uh, Pete Donaldson voiceover, but the people's champion has finally delivered, ladies and gentlemen. That's for you, you sexy beasts out there. Listen, they're going wild yeah. on Speller Hill. It's, it's the first time the button's been pressed on the show. Marcus, ha- however, has been pressing it himself quite a lot of times <laughs> in his own time. But amazing win for you. So um, Motherwell is where Gary McAllister started his career. Yeah. He wouldn't have, um, you wouldn't have got that, I wouldn't mm-hmm. have thought. The other club you were after, the one you were grasping for, Andy Brussel, was actually Leicester City. Yeah. Played for them two, over 200 times. And then Leeds, Coventry, Liverpool, then back to Coventry again an historic landmark win for Marcus Oof. Speller monkeys off his back officially yep. um, presumably you're gunning for Kate Mason's crown next well I, no I want Kate to enjoy it okay fair enough because I'm going to enjoy this <laughs> you yeah know. you should I'm not about the medals I'm about the glory exactly I'm about the and you've not had your fair share of that no you? certainly <laughs> not uh, there we are well uh, lovely old job uh, ladies and gentlemen thank you very much for listening to the Football Ramble preview show sponsored by Betway. it's been an absolute pleasure enjoy the football enjoy England we're back on Monday of course so get your ears around that but until then thank you very much Luke Moore thank you very much thank you Andy Brassel thank Thank you. Thank you, good listeners. See you soon. This was a Stakhanov production and part of the Acast Creative Network.